Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I am your host, Austin. I'm one of the pastors here at our church, and with me on the mic, we have, as always, Pastor Rick. How you doing, man? Always good to be with you. Loving this night. But uh, I'm not so special. Why, Austin? Because we have another guest. That's right. And we have with us Jared Lopes. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Jared, we are, we are currently, if you're listening to this, we are uh, recording this at 10.21 p.m. on a Friday night. And I'm very tired. You guys doing okay? <laughs> Do you stay, you staying up late for you? Yeah, yeah so, this, this is late for me. I'm more of a morning person. And uh, yeah, so I'm... I'm on fumes, but I'm good to go. Lopes, yeah. are you are you a I'm good boy? man? Last time you guys had me here, I uh, we did a podcast at about this time, but I was still in West Coast, living on the West oh, Coast. That's right. So it felt like you know almost three in the morning, but yeah. I'm on the East Coast now, so I feel. Good and are you more of a morning or a night person? Uh, well, now neither. Oh, because uh, I'm a dad, so I like to be <laughs> I like to be in bed by like eight o'clock, and if I can sleep till eight o'clock, that would be wonderful too. I hear you. Yeah, twelve hours. I don't get to sleep. What till are you, a baby? My my, <laughs> my one year old is up at five thirty every morning. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. gonna. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are. We're Jared's here because, uh, like I said, we're recording this at our men's conference, and Jared's our guest speaker. And so we got to hear from him tonight. We'll hear from him tomorrow. But we wanted to do a, a little extra session, if you will, for our live live audience. You can't see him, but we have some beautiful faces out there. How are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah there you go. All right. But we wanted to get this podcast also recorded. So, uh, Jared, tell us uh, a little bit about yeah your your ministry, what you do uh, for people that might they're listening to this, but they have no clue who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I lead a ministry called Dad Tired, and uh, it's all primarily online. Although we're trying to do more for guys uh, in person, but at the end of the day, our primary goal is to equip men to lead their family well. So we just as many resources as we can put out that's going to help guys lead their family well, whether that's a podcast or a book or a conference, um, anything we can do that a guy would show up and say, I don't really know how to, I want to lead my family well, but I don't really know how. And hopefully they leave one of our resources feeling like they're a little more equipped to do that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I've, uh, I've read a few of your books and I know dad tired and loving it. One of the best uh, parenting books I've ever read. So love that book. And, Currently using you your, should read uh, more parenting books. <laughs> so yeah, uh, <laughs> that's maybe true. Uh, and I'm using your the Dad Tired Journal. I don't know the exact name for it, but yeah, in my the quiet Bible time, study journal. Yeah, yeah, that's been great. So cool. Um, yeah, and so uh, you were here last year, and we were just talking about this. So you you got to know him a little bit last year for the first time, and yeah, I'm actually a little bit bitter. Uh, and Jared, I thought I'd, we'd take this opportunity to work out an issue between us. I appreciate that we uh, could do it I'd get you on mic yeah. So uh, this seems like the right time to do it. <laughs> so you came, you were here last year at our men's conference, did a phenomenal job. Uh, so awesome. We knew we wanted to have you back this year. Um, you felt at home here. Uh, you felt loved here. We loved you. At the time, you were living in Portland. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be great if, we, if Jared moved here and was a part of our church, part of our family? But you know what? He's never going to move. He's, he's we rooted We talked there. on the phone about that. Yeah, see, exactly yeah, right. where see? this is going, and see? it's not of God. So and, 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 so, yeah. and, and, and then you did move. Yeah. You did move uh, and skipped right over Ohio <laughs> and went to South Carolina. 
which I love my church and I love Ohio. But honestly, I kind of understand skipping over Ohio and landing. Aren't you like near Hilton Head or something like that? We are. I'm like 15 minutes from the beach, which if you had palm trees around here. I get it. I understand. Yeah. I am still a little bit hurt, uh, but, uh, but I love you anyway. So we, but it's good to have you back. That's for sure. Do yeah. did a great job in tonight's session with the men's conference. And now we get the bonus opportunity to have you on our podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Jared, you mentioned it a minute ago. I mean, a lot of your ministry, really all your ministry is, is helping dudes lead their families spiritually. And so kind of the topic we wanted to go at in this podcast is, uh, I think a lot of us dudes know we're called to that. We should do that. But man, life is is just so busy, and especially if you have kids. I mean, it just feels like the week goes by like that. You're running around. It's crazy. And I think sometimes we use that as an excuse of we're too busy. And so I just want to help our guys here listening on the podcast. Like, yes, life is crazy, but we're still called to lead spiritually. And, and what does that look like? How do we do it? Um, so yeah, so that kind of where we're going. And cool. Yeah. And, uh, and I know, Rick, you got some thoughts. I'm excited to hear. You too. So let me throw out the first question to you guys. I mean, uh, why do we need to lead our family spiritually? So we know we should, but why is it so important? Well, first, man, I, I would just rewind a little bit back to what you were just saying about so busy. I know it's something I should be doing. Um, I, I would push back a little bit that the premise of that is wrong because that are you correcting me right now? That's fine. You're <laughs> the, our guest. Go for the it. Thought we can, of, we can edit it it's out. Fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> the thought behind that would be, um, this is something I need to do versus this is something, this is who I am. Nice. And this is, it bleeds out of me. And so if, if spiritual leadership is just something we do, it will always just feel like a task. Um, that's like saying, hmm. I need to do marriage versus be married. You know what I mean? Hmm. And uh, I need to do husbanding hmm. versus just being a husband. And so I think if we could shift as guys to think um, everything is spiritual, me waking up and having breath in my lungs is spiritual. The way that I respond to my kids when I'm tired is spiritual. At breakfast, the way that we have conversations when they're hurt at school or I'm frustrated at work or my email box is full or my wife says something to me in a sharp, bitter tone, all of it is discipleship opportunity. Hmm. And so, um, so I know that wasn't really a question, but I just want yeah, us to, like, as men, really be thinking through, like, Spiritual leadership is who I am versus more of what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. Because, I mean, it's, it's not, I don't want to get into politics at all, but there was a, a governor this week who signed into a um, law a bunch of, they put millions of dollars specifically towards fathers being engaged in mm-hmm. the state, which is fascinating because even from a secular perspective, they recognize, and actually Obama did this too. They were, he was putting money towards fathers. Um, and again, I'm not making any political statements here, but, what it, but what's fascinating is that secular culture would say, it seems like when dads show up or when men get engaged, things change for the better. And so, uh, and you can just, even if you set all Christian stuff aside and you're just like, okay, what if a dad shows up, if a man shows up, what happens? Well, crime goes down. The way that kids um, participate in education goes up. Um, Domestic violence goes down. Um, Communities thrive when men show up. And so as Christians, we would be like, well, duh, because that's exactly how God designed it to be. And um, Rick, you shared your story tonight at the men's conference, a little piece of it. That's really similar to my story, really dysfunctional. Very few of us 
guys have like healthy models to look to mm-hmm. when it comes to to men leading well. But man, if if men can take this stuff seriously and lead well, everything changes for the better. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important. That's good. And I think it's part of our call as, as believers, as Christians. So, you, you know, you look at Ephesians 5, where we are called in that context of marriage uh, to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So you've got this vision of Christ and his bride, uh, and he died for her to serve her, to lead her, that he might present her to himself without spot or wrinkle, so that she would just be radiant and glorious. And then Paul's basic point there is now, men, go do that. Go do that in your marriage. Be, be, and well, this weekend we're talking about be more like Jesus. And so go be more like Jesus, that you would love your family, love your wife, love your kids, which means not just being the big dog. So, you know, it's, it's to lead our spiritual, our families spiritually. So, so we're leaders. Well, yeah. And I, tell almost every groom at, at, at a uh, wedding when I perform the wedding ceremony that your position of leadership exists not to serve you, but to serve her. And so if you're sitting on the couch saying, woman, get me a beer, you kind of missed it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really the Jesus leadership we're looking for, but as opposed to laying down your life and asking the question, okay, how does my role that God has given me and my family, how does it serve them yeah. and, and bless them? I, th- I think the... I grew, I've spent the last 13 years in Portland, and so that's kind of the tip of the spear in a lot of social topics, but feminism and toxic masculinity is a yep. big thing in, in our country, in the world, and, and especially in Portland. But um, I, I personally think that a lot of that has to do with just women reacting to men not doing what you just said. 100%. Serving well. So it really comes out of like, men sucked at being godly, good godly men, and so now, well, we just, we'll take charge and we'll do it. And it's like, well, um, I don't think that's the answer either. I think the answer is actually men just being more humble leaders like you were just talking about. Right on. Yeah. So what, I mean, you, you mentioned it a little bit, Jared, already. Like, I mean, um, what does it look like to do this? So it's not doing, it's being, as you said, which is great. Like, but, you know, I think a lot of guys were, okay, we need to be good dads and good husbands, but, but what does that actually look like day to day? Yeah. I think when I, I remember when I first started Dad Tired, I, one of the questions I'd get the most was like, hey, what devotional do you recommend? There it is. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to do devotions with my kids at night, which is, dude, that's a good hearted question. If any dad said, you know, I want to do devotions with my kids, I would never be like, well, don't do that. You know, <laughs> that's, a, that's an awesome start. Um, but it's certainly not spirit. It's not uh, fully spiritual leadership to do that. And in fact, here's one thing that I, I I think could be dangerous if all we do is a 15 minute devotional for our kids before bed, what might happen, I'm not saying this will happen, but what might happen is our kids get to a certain age where they will say, they can start to tie some dots together and they'll say, daddy put on his Jesus hat from seven to seven thirty before bed. And that's when he talked to us about the things of God. But daddy didn't really talk about Jesus when he's like stressed out at work or when he was in a fight with mommy or when that guy cut him off on the, in the mm-hmm. road. And so what they learn subconsciously is how to compartmentalize faith. Oh, we talk about Jesus when we go to church. Oh, we talk about Jesus when we have story devotional time. Again, do story devotional time. I can recommend some great devotionals out there. 
But if we're only doing that, it could actually cause a lot of harm because we start to compartmentalize. Dad's wearing his Jesus hat now. And sometimes he takes that Jesus hat off, which is really dangerous. Brother, I absolutely love that. And, you know, Austin, as you and I were kicking around, hey, what do we want to talk with Jared about on this? Uh, And we were spitballing ideas. Like, I'm in lockstep with you on that. I think the family devotional, uh, it can become an idol. Mm. uh, and, And it becomes a really burdensome idol. Right. So uh, for me, I'll just be honest, like uh, we almost never had a successful family devotional. We, we went through Mark with the kids at one point, uh, the Gospel of Mark. And um, but but there, there were other things we did. But that when it came to leading my family spiritually, it wasn't hanging on that. And, and I think part of that is because what a lot of kids are looking for in their parents in regard to Christianity is authentic faith. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of times what they're seeing is mom and dad go to church uh, and maybe we do that 15 minute devotional. We've checked the Jesus box, but uh, does dad love Jesus Yeah. and walk with, does dad love mommy? Yeah. Does dad love me? You know, so you got the dad who's in the car. Uh, you know, they just, they were just at church. And, and praise Jesus, hallelujah, how you doing, brother? Get in the car, cussing the kid out up and down. And mm-hmm. It's not about cussing, but like just mean. Mm-hmm. And, and then the kid learns, I don't want this Jesus crap. This yeah. Jesus stuff is bull crap. Yeah. And, and jettisons of faith. And we're seeing a lot of kids who grew up in the church just walking away. And I don't think they're walking away from Jesus. I think they're walking away from inauthentic Christian religion. Yeah. And so it's love, love God, love mom love the kids, and love the world, where I, I actually lay down my life in service to a hurting world around me. And when kids grow up, seeing that lived out, yeah. then they go, okay, that's, that's real, and I want some of that. Yeah. yeah. You like what I'm laying down there? Yeah, one time, uh, one time here's, here's how I've seen it. Like, this is a best-case scenario example that I've seen it in our house. I remember I was trying the devotional thing, and and... There was one time I was reading the story to my kids about the narrow road. And I was telling my kids about how important it is. Uh, our, when Jesus was describing the narrow road, some will take it, most won't. And my son was like, what, Daddy, what does that mean? What is that? It does, that doesn't make sense. And I said, well, Jesus is saying it's hard to follow him. And because it's hard to follow him, most will choose to not do it. And he was like, I think he was like six at the time. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would it be hard to follow Jesus? You know, and I'm like, well... It was like getting late. I'm just trying to quickly get them into bed. I'm like, well, we'll talk about it later. He's asking major good questions. And I'm sure. just like, go ask just your going mom. to sleep. Go yeah, ask yeah. your mom. But I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's, it is hard to follow. I wasn't giving him any satisfactory answers. And he, he was really frustrated. He's like, what? why, Daddy? Is it hard to follow Jesus? And I was like, I know it seems crazy now, but you'll, we'll talk about it more and you'll, you'll begin to understand. I kissed his little forehead, tucked him in, went to sleep. The next day, literally the next day, we went to a gym. I went to do, play some basketball. I picked him up from the daycare. His, one of the daycare teachers pulled me aside and said, can I talk to you uh, about your son? And he's like my, we all have kids at different stages. He's my rule follower. So I was like, what in the world? You know, like, <laughs> this is rare. And she said, hey, uh, Elijah today was being really mean to some girls in class. We asked him to not be, and he kept being mean to them. And I'm just like, as a dad, frustrated. I'm like, dude, what? The? Um, so I make him apologize. Then we're walking out to the car and I'm kind of like, 
huffing and puffing, like, well, you know better than that. I've taught you better than that, all this stuff. We get in the car. He's in the back seat. I look in the rearview mirror and he's crying quietly, which I always say, I can handle, if you're like tantrum going crazy, like I'm just like, shut up, you know, but like the quiet cries are what get me. Like, why are you quietly crying? That melts my heart. So I'm like, dude, what's going on, buddy? And he's like, those girls were making fun of me and I asked them politely to stop and they wouldn't stop. So I wanted them to feel as bad as they were making me feel. Hmm. And I was like, dude, I get that. Like I've, I've experienced that. And I said, did you know that Jesus says, to love your enemies and to pray for them. And he said, how in the world could I do? Why, why could I ever, how could I ever love them? They were so mean. And I said, buddy, that's the narrow road. Hmm. Most people will choose to not do it. And I saw the gospel, I saw the word of God start mm-hmm. to penetrate. So it's both. Like we need the word of God mm-hmm. to train our kids. But if all they get is that and they miss out on, that real life application, uh, we're just going to sell them way, way short. I know that was a long story, but I like, I think it's helpful for us to realize like both of those things have to be happening. The word of God, and then what does the word of God look like lived out in flesh and blood on a daily basis? I love that. It reminds me of the Shema, uh, uh, Deuteronomy 6, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure with what you do, brother, yeah, dad's staple. Tired. It's a staple. Yeah, you got to yeah. love that thing. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's, you know, here, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. So important to the Jew. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, they're commanded to teach it to their kids uh, by having an evening devotional. <laughs> not so much right. you know but but there's all that uh, when you rise up when you lay down along the way and, and so there you were in the car along the way with elijah elijah yeah. with elijah and uh and i just gotta imagine for him how old is he now about to be 11. About to be 11, yeah. and then he'll be 15, then he'll be 20, and yeah. then he'll be 30. And when he looks back, that time in the car probably drove a lesson way deeper oh, yeah. than any devotional yeah. ever would. Yeah. We needed the Word of God to give us the foundation, but the Spirit of God came in mm-hmm. and took that from here and, and penetrated into his heart. Mm. Yeah. That's good. And that's what I would say to like the dads who are sitting in this room, the men who are sitting in this room— and any dad who's listening is like, I always say the best devotionals don't happen in 15-minute increments before bed or in the morning at the breakfast table. The best devotionals happen in 15-second increments as many times as you can throughout the day. Like how many times, if you feel intimidated, like I'm probably not going to sustain a 15-minute devotional, 30-minute devotional before bed, you probably won't. It's hard. Your kids won't listen. It's chaotic. But if you can point your kids to Jesus as many times as you can throughout the day, 15 seconds, you are discipling your kids. Well, and and Jared, I love where you started off saying, hey, let's stay on track with it's about being, not doing. Um, Because if I'm thinking about being one of the guys in the room here and receiving that, and that sounds almost harder. Mm. So so what you're saying is I have to be like witty and winsome Mm -hmm. and on point for 15 seconds in in intervals, like increments all day long. Mm. And that's where I, I 100% agree with you. I go back to spiritually leading your family is a lot less about your family and a lot more about Jesus. That, that if you are walking with Jesus deeply, there's your number one task. You do that, then you're going to be in the right spot to respond to your wife, respond to your kids, right? The whole, the whole issue of it, um, you can't give what you don't have. 
Yeah. And if your goal is to give Jesus to your kids, the first question is, do you have Jesus? Like, and are you all his? He's all yours. Like you're in. And now you're able to minister to your kids along the way. Well, go back to the Shema. So the Shema, for, for the guys listening in the room that may not be familiar, or if you're listening, might not be familiar. We're familiar, probably you've heard the verse, the second half of that, which is teach them to your, to your children as you rise up and as you go on the road and you're walking. It basically, all, all throughout your day, teach them. But the first half of the verse is what you just described. Hear, O Israel, that the Lord is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Before you can disciple nice. throughout the day, you have to love the Lord your God without, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You cannot have one without the other. And that, that, I think, would be probably one of the bigger flaws of trying to lead your family spiritually, that we're going to skip that step. Yeah. And now, now just how do I make my kids into good Christians? Yeah. And, and man, you know, that whole, that phrase, it's more caught than taught that, that if I am just, if daddy is loving Jesus hard, that's going to flow downhill. We're going to be okay. And if not, like sometimes we have people come to church and they're like, yeah, um, I'm, I'm starting to come to church because, uh, you know, I grew up in church and I haven't been to church in a long time, but I really want my kids to have a good church upbringing. Yeah. And I'm like, man, um, you're coming for your kids. If you don't come for you, uh, your, your kids, it's not, it's not going to work. Right. You got to come for you. You got to love Jesus for you. And then your kids will be in a good spot. Right. Yeah. What do you guys think? And, and you've already kind of maybe answered it a little bit, but, but why, why do guys not do this? I mean, like, I mean, I know the short answer is we're broken and we're jacked up, but like what, <laughs> what keeps guys from really leaning in and, and being those dads, the father's husbands they need to be like what are some of the I guess reasons you've got seen or guys just don't lean into it well I'll give my thoughts and I'd love to hear go Rick brother. your Man, thoughts I, you, I want to punt on this no, one I want to hear you no, go. You, you've you've uh I've always respect guys who've been in ministry a long time and you've seen a lot of life and um polite way of calling me old please continue <laughs> <laughs> it's three hours past his bedtime you've seen, how old he is. <laughs> you've seen a lot of life <laughs> thank you for that um I, I here's my experience and what I've what I've seen in guys that I've tried to walk alongside. I think there's two big reasons. Number one is ignorance. Nobody taught me how to lead my family to Jesus. I didn't have a dad around. I didn't have a man around to teach me. I literally don't know how to do it. And and my wife seems like she kind of knows how to do it or she's pretty good at it. So I'll just let her keep doing it. So it's just straight ignorance. Like I don't really know what I'm doing. And a lot of us guys fall into that. The second one is, so I'd say that and or shame. Um, I don't even know where I'm at with the Lord. So how in the world am I going to teach others, especially my wife, my kids about Jesus? Like I'm still dealing with my own junk. So it's either past or present sins that is just like that shame of those is weighing them down. And man, it's real hard to get motivated when you're living in that and paralyzed by that. Um, and I can give some, you know, thoughts on how to overcome that paralyzation. But I do think those are two of the huge reasons that guys don't lead their families well. Those were, yeah, brother, those are, those are gold. Um, you, you mentioned in there even letting mom do it. So there's an abdication mm-hmm. thing where uh, because I have shame in that area or ignorance, 
then I'm just going to take a pass and go watch TV and assume my, my wife will pick up the slack. Uh, I love those answers. The only other thing I'd kick in there is sometimes just it, it's that Jesus isn't first. Um, so for a lot of our guys, and I think it comes from ignorance, but, but uh, really the, the life goal, if we're honest, is the American dream and maybe with a little sprinkle of Christian religion on top. And, and that's where most men, even guys who darken the door of the church every week, that's where most men live. And, and when that is the goal, um, then you're, you're just, you're really, you're not living authentic Christianity yourself where you're just in love with Jesus and then you're, you're off your game. Uh, and shame comes with that and all that. But, but it, so it's really a, a life goal thing. I agree with that completely. Jesus is a nice addition to the family. Mm-hmm. He makes us look a little prettier. He might help me get a raise at work and make my kids be a little more obedient. And uh, Jesus was never trying to be an addition. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. And I think, you know, if, and the guys listening, the guys in the room, I think we all know, like, if we, if we try this, if we take this seriously, if we go, okay, we know what God's calling us to be, we give it our best shot, you're only going to make it about an hour. Like, you're going <laughs> to screw up. I mean, gosh, like, even this morning, I took my kids. They love Panda Express right now. Oh, they call who doesn't? It pa- they call it Panda That's good Panda. life, yeah. man. That's good and life. And I'm like, oh, my son's, like, throwing freaking orange chicken everywhere. I mean, it was nuts. And I'm, like, you know, <laughs> losing anything. Oh, i got to go to a men's conference and lead this thing later. Uh, but it's just, I think a lot of us, we try and we fail. And so, I guess, what advice or encouragement do you guys have for dudes that, man, they've given it their all and they've just dropped the ball and maybe they feel like, I can't do this or I've blown it too bad. Like, what would you say to those guys? Well, first, I've been literally craving Panda Express for weeks. So, Sorry, man. Uh, I, got, <laughs> I, got, I got stuck there. didn't hear the rest of the word, the rest of the thing you said. Um, no, man, I th- here's what I would say to that. And that kind of goes back to the shame piece. Well, like, I just keep screwing up. I don't know if I'm going to – I'm not even good at this. I, I've tried and I've failed, so I guess I won't try anymore. Um, if that's your mentality – I would just say you're probably not worshiping the God of the Bible. Because mm-hmm. uh, our God keeps working with screw-ups. Mm. He keeps redeeming them. And the key, I guess, what I see in Scripture is the ones who are humble enough to say, man, I'm really not good at this. Please use somebody else because mm. I am not qualified. And then God says, you know, you're repentant and let's keep using you. Because in the middle of your mess, I'm going to redeem it, and I'm going to use you in huge ways. I just talked to a, a guy. I don't um, see him in this room, but he just shared his story of deep, deep, deep sin and brokenness that he mm. went through a year ago. He had just come to the conference last year mm. and was in the thick of some deep stuff and was ready. Like he told me, he was ready to uh, end his life. His, his whole mm. marriage and family was falling apart. And God is now using him in incredible ways. And it's like, well, duh, because that's, that's what God does. Hmm. That's the reputation of God is he takes your brokenness and then redeems you and uses you. So if you're like, well, I'm too broken, then it's like, bro, you, haven't, you don't understand the God of the Bible because hmm. God takes the broken ones hmm. and he uses them most for his glory. So um, if you were any other religion, sorry, last thought, if you were any other religion, you would be feeling the right things. You're not doing a good job and God probably doesn't want to be around you and he's not going to use you. You didn't pray the right way. You didn't pray enough times a day. You're not eating the right food. Why are you dressed like that? All those reasons in most religions would say you're unqualified. In the God we serve, he says, I'm taking your brokenness and I'm using it for my glory and for your good. That's good. 
Well, brother, you triggered a thought within me because then twice there you just said that he does, he uses you for his glory. And that's the whole thing. Like if, if you are, dude, you are freaking awesome. You're sweet. You're amazing. You're a good dude. Then when you pull it off, like glory is all yours, man. And so we've got a God who intentionally takes the broken things, does amazing things with them. And then guess who gets the glory? So it's clearly for God's glory that he uses uh, punk guys like every one of us here in this room and every guy listening, but he can actually change our lives and in, in, in way that we can actually bless our families. And then God looks glorious. We don't look that great. God looks amazing. I think you have to have like a, a constant state of repentance. Yes. Just like not a wallowing, like, oh, I'm such a, you know, but there, I do have to continue to be faced it, there's a fine line because I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. My identity's in him. But also, I don't want to lose sight. I'm a wicked dude. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't want to lose sight of that is because I meditate. It leads me back to his amazing grace. If I just, if I keep convincing myself, well, I'm kind of getting the hang of it, which I actually don't know a lot of dudes who feel that way. <laughs> most dudes don't feel like they're getting the hang of it. But man, the most, the most broken guys who repent... Mm-hmm are the ones who keep experiencing the, if it's like being like when Jesus said, I paid a big debt, how much more is that guy? The one who I forgave much or who was, I, I forgave their debt much. Like when you remember that every day, you just can't help but be thankful for amazing grace. Um, so I just think we just need a heart of repentance constantly. And I love that brother. Like, you know, Austin, your question, guys that have failed in this area, what, what, what to do? I mean, I, I think you're in the perfect position to like rock your family with the gospel. One of the things I've said before, I think one of the best gifts you can give your children is your humility, That, that you are able to live out the gospel in front of them, that Jesus is awesome and I'm not, and he's forgiven me. And I blew this once again. I'm sorry, guys, will you forgive me? And so to take up a posture of apologizing to your children and asking their forgiveness and say, and so if you have screwed up big, you're in a great spot to live out humility, to live out the gospel, to emphasize the gospel and to ask their forgiveness, man. And then Jesus and his gospel looks really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. And so before we kind of wrap this conversation up and we want to definitely maybe give some practical resources, but before we get into that, is there... Kind of any final thoughts before we throw resources out? Anything you guys feel like you want to say kind of about this discussion? Um, I, I would just go back to what I, what I was just talking about, repentance, man. I, I just think um, spiritual leadership is not a tactic. Hmm. It's not a skill that we learn to try to be better at the Christian faith. Um, we've said it a million different ways tonight, but um, it's just impossible to give what you don't have. Hmm. And the more that I fall in love with Jesus, the easier spiritual leadership gets. That's mm-hmm. just the reality. Um, I find myself having to not work so hard to bring up spiritual stuff with my kids when I really am in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in love with him when I'm reminded that I'm a sinner saved by grace. I, I'm meditating on the gospel that Jesus should have bailed on me and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And that is the motivation. And then when my kids mess up, it's like, well, how do I not? Uh, forgive my kids or how do I not show mercy when I when just this morning I was meditating on how merciful God's been to me Mm -hmm. 
Um, or how am I not patient with my wife when God has been so patient with me? It's the gospel that motivates all of it. You know? I love that. And man, I just want all our men to be encouraged that uh, wherever you are, man, you start there and you start walking with Jesus. Like, like Jerry, you shared that you come from a pretty broken background. Uh, I shared tonight uh, that I do. I know your story, Austin. <laughs> it's yeah, jacked up. <laughs> You're the and, most broken. <laughs> exactly. You make Jared and I look good. So. I don't know how I got here. <laughs> but but and. And yet God was gracious, invaded my life. I started to learn some things. We'll get to resources in a bit. And, um, and I went from there very imperfectly, still imperfectly. But if you guys are feeling like, man, I, I, I'm a mess. I don't know how. How can I be like a Jared Lopes? I, there was a time you were just a mess. No. <laughs> like it's tonight? right now. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. No, exactly. don't be like Jared Lopes. Exactly. Yeah. Aim higher. Aim higher. Yeah, yeah. Aim, aim higher. higher. Aim and so, higher. yeah, like, I just want our guys to be encouraged. Like, man, uh, Jesus redeems the broken things and does amazing things with them. And, and you're in a great spot to move forward and be a blessing to the world around you and particularly your family if God has called you to be a family man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's definitely, uh, as you guys know, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff out there that can help us. And, uh, and Jared, this will... Feel free to plug your own ministry away all you want right now, because I'm sure you have a few resources. But uh, anything you guys would want to throw out there, to, we can drop links in the show notes. But anything that you would want to point our guys to, maybe to help them be these spiritual leaders. Yeah. Uh, there's a podcast called Father Exhausted. Um, <laughs> or is it Papa Sleepy? I don't. I don't know what it is. What What is it, Jared? I don't, I don't know. It sounds, uh, sounds awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we. It, it's f- for those who are just listening, you can't see anything we're doing. We, I'm, I'm looking at a row of men who are meeting each other here tonight. They met each other at the conference, uh, but they really met through the Dad Tired Ministry. And I always say it's easier to find guys who will watch a game with you, uh, have a drink with you, but it's hard to find guys who will actually have intentional hard conversations with mm-hmm. you. And I know that these guys, I'm looking at them, they, I've, I've watched over the last year how they've encouraged each other to be the men that God's calling them to be. And so um, that's a roundabout way of saying, we're trying to do that at Dad Tired. So if guys are looking for that, and then the local church, like get plugged in with the guys in your local church, look guys eyeball to eyeball, shoulder to shoulder, and have the guts to say, dude, I'm not doing this very well, but I want to. Um, Any chance you'd want to come alongside of me as we stumble through this stuff together? Love that answer, and thank you for the plug in the local church. Grateful for you, brother, in that. Um, we do have resources on our website uh, under Grow Spiritually. There's recommended reading. You scroll down, there's a section for men. So uh, there's some great books and some great concepts, and they were big for me. Uh, because I didn't come from a great background, I talked about like the broken view of masculinity that was in my life, and I started encountering teaching from the Christian section of what, what it means to be a man of God and, and to walk with him. And it just changed my life, and it's huge. And those books have some of those concepts, and they're good. Um, so I got to plug those. And yet I'd circle right back to what Jared just said, like to go on a website, see a book, order it, read it in isolation. Good, good. But to be in camaraderie with other men on that journey, to have a band of brothers, to be in good biblical teaching in a church and serving and learning, like 
it's a whole package deal that you start to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And therefore, you're ready to be a spiritual leader, not to do. Um, and that's, that's just essential. Well, man, that's that's some good stuff, and uh, we'll definitely drop links to that. But uh, Jared, thanks thanks for being here. I know uh, it's been a long day for you, and you probably want to go home and get some rest right before you're back at it tomorrow. But yeah. um, and Pastor Rick, thanks for thanks for staying up, man. Thanks for hanging in there. <laughs> your fun, and, uh, brother. You got a lot of life experience. <laughs> that's right, a lot of life, a lot of life. So have your fun, brother. Yeah. But Jared, we do. We here at Redemption, we we do love you, brother. Yeah. It's always fun to have you yeah, here in town and ministering among us and. And then to jump on the podcast, you're loved here, man. Yeah, yeah, it goes both ways. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you. And and guys, thanks for listening. I know people listening can't see you, but thanks for sticking around and watching this recording. But uh, if you're listening, we'll catch you next time, next month, on another episode of Redemption Unscripted. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.